In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower! We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Now look, we're sitting on top of the story of the century here. I want the real story. I want the inside dope on this guy. Has he got a family? Where does he live? Now listen to me. I tell you, boys and girls, whichever one of you gets it out is going to wind up with the single most important interview since God talked to Moses. Get on that story. Now, back to our show. Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bogleman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. 2016 Special Report, episode number one. That's right. Um, we, obviously, as you can probably tell by the intro music, um, we are uh, t- not talking about a specific uh, comic issue or anything else like that. We're actually talking about the latest news. Um, it's going to be weird. This is probably going to drop just a day or two uh, before before you hear our regularly scheduled episode. Um, but it was worthy of us talking about it, so we decided to hop on the mic and uh, and, uh, and and record a little something to post. Uh, this should either post Sunday or Monday morning, depending on how computer things work. <laughs> um, but either way, it was Friday, and Friday would be the 22nd of January, that Bleeding Cool, um, I think it was Bleeding Cool who originally announced it. Uh, at least that's where I originally saw it. Uh, but it was, uh, it, was, it was Friday morning that Bleeding Cool kind of had leaked information about DC Comics doing another relaunch type thing, a la The New 52. Uh, and just reading directly from Bleeding Cool's original article... Bleeding Cool has run a number of stories about upcoming changes expe- expected after the publication of the issue 52s of the remaining New 52 launch titles from five years ago. And it seems like it's time to do the New 52 relaunch all over again in June. Bleeding Cool broke a story on the spat of name change relaunches and certain books going bi-weekly at DC Comics this summer. But it seems this is only a part of it. I understand that a top-down change has filtered through the publisher, which we'll see in another relaunch for DC Comics with everything getting a new number one in June, those that survive, that is. And a new line, even more dominated with Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Harley Quinn Suicide Squad-related titles. Anything tying in with a film and or TV show like Flash, Green Arrow will be okay. Anything that's not is less so. And he specifically says, I haven't heard anything about Green Lantern. But yes, this will mean another big issue number one relaunch. Uh, could this be an all new, all different, a bit like the TV shows GC Comics? And then a few details broke about um, the the uh, a new Titans book will release without the Titans, uh, without without the teen in front of it. So it'd just be a Titans book. Uh, evidently, Scott Snyder is leaving Batman and switching over to Detective. Um, and Snyder's been on Batman since the New 52, so that's crazy. Uh, and then uh, later on that same day, Jim Lee and Dan DiDio posted this image, which is essentially, uh, in, you'll see it if you look at the album art for this episode. 
just spit that off at the top of my head. I was trying to figure out at the beginning of the episode what the album art was going to be, and now I know. <laughs> and it's basically a blue curtain with a, a light on it that says Rebirth. So uh, they are evidently coining this event Rebirth. Those two tweets from Jim Lee and Dan DiDio happened day of uh, this news breaking, so they weren't commenting on it. And then the DC Comics Twitter page retweeted those images as well. So they're not denying it, and they're kind of all but confirming it. So it looks like we're getting another relaunch this summer. Oh, we just hope. I don't know. There's so many different ways this can go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I first when I first saw you know the, the article itself, my first thought was I was and it's I didn't really believe or buy into that. Oh, basically it was just going to be like a relaunch that they were just basically using this as an excuse to come out with number one issues again and and nothing was going to change or consequence even when i read the thing about them tying it into the you know to the tv slash movie universes i don't entirely know if i if i even now if i buy all of that because why would they do it over the summer then because the the big move the the big event of the dc movie slash slash tv universe comes out in march are they do they really have delusions that suicide squad is going to be that that big uh, and I'm not saying that they, they won't. They maybe they'll bring some elements of that into the books. Maybe that ask. So there's might be some truth in that. And of course, sadly, you can almost absolutely believe the fact that they would that any new relaunch would be even more heavily Batman, Superman. You know, Harley. I, I mean, I guess Harley Quinn is not anywhere near as popular as those two characters. But still, going back to the same well over and over again. That part is pretty. Believable, but when I first heard it, I thought there had to be more to it because I figured if they were gonna if they were gonna do this again and come up with new number ones, that I, I found I found it very hard to believe that they weren't going to be doing a reboot along with a relaunch. Could be a soft reboot, could be somewhere, you know, could be hard, could be somewhere in between. But I never really bought the fact that they would do it just to re, you know because let's be honest, the new Fifty Two isn't what it was. You know, the, all the hype and the and, pe- and people who were excited about the new Fifty Two, and then even as the new Fifty Two came out, and a lot of books started dropping off, for a long time there was still a, a decent amount of enthusiasm across. I would say, overall through the new Fifty Two line, I don't think that's really true that much anymore. I think there's probably a handful of books that people really, really like and and really think are going well and and enjoy across the board, but I think there's a lot of stuff in the New 52 that people aren't happy with, and the overall New 52 universe, I think most people at this point would probably say they're not happy with. So it makes perfect sense, especially once we saw that label, we saw that logo for the event, the rebirth, that that alone, because we know, you know, it means, rebirth means a lot of things, and obviously for Green Lantern people, we know it has a whole different connotation. Because it in Flash, yes, and, I'm, and I did mention that you know in my and you are well written you know commentary on our website, your blog, and then I and I I originally wanted to add just the chads, and I figured I'd just post like a you know a short little corollary, if you will, in my own post. But yes, I mentioned that in mine that yes, to for Green Lantern fans and to a lesser extent, Flash Rebirth means something different. It mean it means a bigger bigger reimagining of the of of and reestablishment. Reestablishing of the characters, and also mean tends to also all revolves around Jeff Johns and Ethan Van Skyver as a team doing it. Which, of course, as I mean, chat. I'm sure you'll mention the tweet too. That oh, just uh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. You do it. I like 
I, 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 I served you up the softballs to go ahead. You... Okay, so basically what happened is after after all this news broke and then mid-afternoon, uh, late afternoon, about four, 3 or 4 o'clock, it was like uh, Jeff John, uh, not Jeff Johns, Dan DiDio and Jim Lee tweeted the rebirth pictures. Well, then Jeff Johns goes and retweets the Jim Lee picture of the rebirth curtain and all of that. And he tagged Ethan Van Skyver with the simple words, hmm, like H-M-M-M-M, like a hmm, and then an ellipsis and a, a winky face. So that could mean a couple of things. That could just mean, hey, look, what we started years ago is now becoming the emphasis to sort of reset the whole universe. It could mean they're involved with it. It could mean... For Green Lantern fans, it could even mean, hey, we're coming back to Green Lantern. Uh, I kind of doubt the latter, but it's fun to think about. Oh, at this point, again, no, no offense to Robert Venditti or even Cullen Bunn. At this, at this point, yes, I think as much as we know there's a certain percentage of Green Lantern fans that are just, you know, Jeff Johns haters and they would just, and they just want to, you know, they, they won't give the guy credit for anything. I think overall, I think a lot of people would be happy if Jeff Johns were to come back onto Green Lantern. But I do agree with you. I don't think that's probably what it's going to mean because I just don't I don't think that's where his interests are right now. It doesn't mean he just doesn't have some he's he's I think he absolutely still cares about the mythology and he cares about the characters. I don't think that his that I don't think his unless, you know, it's been what how many years now since he's been on the book? A couple of years. So, uh it it may be his passion could come it, could be starting to come back, but he still gets to use them over in, the, in, the, in his Justice League story, so that's probably enough for him right now. So I agree. I don't think it means that he's coming back or uh, or they're coming back to Green Lantern, though. Maybe Van Skyver, you can make a bigger bigger case for Van Skyver because he has been doing a lot of work related to Green Lantern lately, doing spot work in different books. I mean, he's done, he's done the Sinestro book. He's done Green Lantern. He's obviously doing uh, Edge of Oblivion. So he's been doing a lot more Green Lantern work over the last, like, six months or so. So it's not impossible to think that he could be coming back to a Green Lantern book or a Green Lantern project regularly. I kind of suspect... That maybe what it does mean, though, is that Johns and Van Skyver could very well, yes, have a be architects, or at least Johns probably will be the architect or one of the architects if there's more than one, and whatever rebirth it's going to do. So maybe they're trying to take what they did super super successfully with Green Lantern, not so super successfully with with the Flash, and try to do some kind of event that relaunches or reestablishes what the DC universe is. And it'll be interesting to see how if it has any ties to convergence. If it has, now that you know the entire multiverse is back into play, is that going to is that going to factor in what kind of DC universe are we going to get? Because if you would personally, I would find it difficult to believe that we're going to get basically just a new Fifty Two relaunch, which is why that never that 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 never that's why it never rang true to me because it doesn't seem like this universe is popular simply popular enough to keep the status quo without some major changes to it. So you would, I personally think they're probably going to be it's, – it's going to be some kind of amalgam universe. Left. I don't know if it's going to be pre-Flashpoint mixed with the new 52. I don't, maybe it will be multiple universes combined. You know, who knows what they're going to do? But I find it difficult to believe that they're just going to basically just kind of try to keep the new 52 universe as is and just you know, let's do new number one issues and have a, have a little – a cute little event that maybe doesn't change much. I think, especially because we know John still is 
We know what his role is at DC and Warner Brothers. We know he has big influence. As long as the Dio's there too, he and you know he and John, you know Johns is definitely not going to be losing any of his influence anytime soon. You know he's still done. You know, he, he did Forever Evil, which was very successful. Most people who have been reading, I think, The Dark Side War like The Dark Side War. So he's still doing a lot of major stuff for DC. It's been a while since he's done an all-encompassing, you know, event for DC like uh, what Infinite Crisis. Right, or that blackest, was the last one. Or, or Blackest Night. Well, Blackest Night, yeah, like the black. That's true. Blackest Night, in my mind's eye, I still see as a as a Green Lantern. But you're well, right. Well, yeah, black. but they. I mean, everything had a tie-in too. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. But but he's had his he's had his hand in a lot of things. And as we know, you know, the whole Tal becoming the Spectre thing was technically that event was even Jeff, back in the day that was Jeff Johns. Mm-hmm. So Jeff Johns does have his hand in a lot of the cookie jars. So it makes perfect sense that they're trying to do a relaunch. And they're actually maybe this time putting some real thought into it instead of what seemingly how they did the new 52 was since they did not have a real game plan. It's like, let's do a relaunch and not really figure out what the hell we're going to do with it. So mm-hmm. I would be stunned if Jeff Johns, especially choosing that title, that if Jeff Johns wasn't going to be a major player in this. And that I think I think that raises hope. It raises hope for not just the DC Universe, but as I think Green Lantern fans, it raises hope. Not because I think he's coming back to the book, but it probably is going to usher in logically, as you've talked about, even even the changes with some of the books and that are not necessarily unpopular, but some of the you know creators are going moving on to different projects. So the odds are, if you know Green, I find it difficult to believe Green Lantern's not going to be one of the books they launch. So the reality is, it'll probably have a new new creative team because it's probably time for one. I mean, I think Robert's done as good his job as. You know he's done as good a job as he as he could I think with basically with the hands the hand that he was dealt and and where he was following Jeff Johns was no easy task and I think we know we like Cullen Bunn's run on Sinestro and we like you know a lot of Justin's run on New Guardians and we definitely like Soul's run on Red Lanterns and there was so there was definitely some good things that came out of the post Johns era but overall the Green Lantern franchise is not doing particularly well it's not particularly relevant. In the DC universe right now, it's not certainly it doesn't have a huge impact, and and I would suspect that if they're going to relaunch stuff, that might be that's probably going to be one area that they're going to they would try to fix, and especially if Jeff Johns is involved, you would. So yeah, I know. And, and and speaking of speaking of the Green Lantern stuff, I've said before on this podcast, so I'll just say it again here. I personally think I articulate myself better when I write versus when I talk. <laughs> There's a lot of ums and I try and find the right words and stuff. Whereas with my, from the translation from my mind to my mouth is a lot slower than my mind to the typing keyboard. So I posted a blog on our website, like Mark mentioned, and he wrote his own thoughts. So since I kind of got my thoughts out on that, I'm just going to read kind of what I wrote there a little bit. Um, so I, I just, you know, this is in my own words, but, from earlier <laughs> in the day. So basically we wanted to know, you know, what, what does all this mean for Green Lantern and the related titles in their lineup? I mean, well, the short answer is we don't know. Um, supposedly there's an emphasis on more widespread media incarnations of their characters. I mean, that's now that I reread the bleeding cool thing, that's not necessarily their, their, uh, their, their stated goal, but it makes sense with, kind of the things that DC have been, has been doing, and that's kind of where I'm going off the rails here. But anyways, if, if they're going with a more, the more widespread characters and characterizations um, from, their, from their TV, their film, their games, stuff like that, 
you know, it's it's hard to know where GL will fall because Warner and DC have been very tight-lipped about Green Lantern. Uh, I mean, the rumor has it, like we talked about, or we will talk about, <laughs> uh, the rumor is that he'll be appearing in the, the final act of, uh, of Batman vs. Superman uh, alongside other founders of the Justice League, and the rumor has it he'll maybe be played by uh, a popular theater actor. Um, Even but, though Snyder technically... Technically, I guess somewhere Snyder actually, uh, den- for what it's worth, denied that that report, that that leak about that whole third act and mm-hmm. stuff that was supposed to happen. Doesn't mean it's not true. People do it all the time because you know, if you know it's true, you almost have no choice to say it's not. You know, but I'm just pointing out there he did technically say that's not that that whole scene that at, that description of the whole Justice League coming together the way we talked about it supposedly is was BS. But who knows? Sorry, just fi- figured I'd throw that in there. Uh, and, and I said, you know, but that's that's just it. They're all rumors. Uh, as for DC TV on the CW, GL has been the butt of many an Easter egg, but not much in the way of full-on character or casting reveals. Now, this quote-unquote rebirth event won't be happening until this summer. By then, Green Lantern could, if the rumors are true, be revealed in Batman vs. Superman. Since, since he'd hypothetically then be revealed... That means the floodgates could then open concerning the rest of the plans for the Green Lantern mythos on the silver screen. Maybe. But as things stand right now, we don't have much to go on with regards to the popular media interpretation of Green Lantern. Now that can mean a few things. It can mean that, like the New 52, Green Lantern and all related titles will come out the other side of this relaunch relatively unscathed. But that's doubtful. And then, as Mark kind of alluded to... Green Lantern sales and popularity haven't been really high since Jeff Johns left the books. For example, Green Lantern number 46 was ranked 62nd out of 100 for the month of November, while the Justice League Dark Side War Green Lantern one-shot was ranked 81st. Sinestro didn't even break the top 100. That's actually a decline from the prior month where Green Lantern stood at 55th place for number 45, and Sinestro was ranked 98th for issue 16, just below the 97th spot held by Star Trek Green Lantern number 4. And Sinestro has been dropping pretty steadily over the last few months, too. So it's not it's, – there may be – there's some slight changes here and there, but but Sinestro has not exactly been like a even a middle of the top 100 book for – you know, it's pretty much trending closer to 100 or lower. So it, the signs are not good even for that book. Uh, for DC, cracking the top 100 could be considered a popular title. To be honest, we don't know that information. Maybe they only consider the top 50 worth a shot. Maybe it's the top 100. Maybe they don't care about these numbers at all. Maybe they just care about profit margins. Who knows but DC. The point is, regardless of quality, DC's Lantern titles have been slowly falling. Would Robert Venditti stay on the title? Would Cullen Bunn stay on Sinestro? Would there even be a Sinestro title? Like we said, right now, we just don't know. Uh, and if all of this spells goodbye for teams behind Green Lantern and Sinestro, and Green Lantern, Edge of Oblivion, Omega Men are not mentioned as the titles were already announced as either limited runs or being canceled, then we wish them well. Regardless of how we personally feel about those issues in their direction, it's clear that they were fun books for a lot of Lantern fans. And any injection of excitement into the GL mythos is something worth thanking a creative team for. Personally, I feel bad for Cullen Bunn in all of this. After the Aquaman stuff, the sudden cancellation of Lost Army, and now this, things don't seem to be going his way at DC lately, particularly in regards to Sinestro. Cullen has been purposely making sure that while exploring the paling, he establishes the Sinestro Corps as the rightful replacements for the absent Green Lantern Corps, a move that, rightfully, needs to be earned within the pages of the comic before we actually believe it. 
But now that he's nearly there, the rug is, possibly, pulled out from under him before he's got a chance to tell the stories on the other side of the new status quo he's been trying to set up all this time. But again, all this presupposes that the teams are changing or the books are being canceled on the other side of Rebirth. They might not be. We really don't know a whole heck of a lot right now. Rest assured, we'll let you know when we do know more, either here on our Facebook page or on our Twitter or on the podcast itself. <laughs> so, Nicely written slash said. <laughs> so uh, I just like – another thing I was thinking about today, and I, I, I kind of want to write something up about it, maybe not necessarily on our website. But a lot of people, you know, they talk about how – even even in the talk about this, like the the is in, in, all of a sudden you you see where my translation from mind to mouth is slightly slower than mind to to keyboard. But I've seen even in reference to this news, people talking about how, I mean, trying to stay positive. They 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 point to how it makes sense for DC to go a more media based character and characterization outlet because of how popular those shows and movies have been. And on the surface level, that makes sense. But at the same time, I have heard comic shop owners, both people who actually own a comic shop or work in a comic shop and appear on other podcasts, or people at shops I actually shop at here in Austin, I've heard them talk about when people say, oh, all these movies will be bringing people into the comic shop to buy comics because if the movies are popular, people are certainly going to go, well, where can I get more of this? Know their superheroes and go, oh, clearly that's the comics and then go seek out those comics. The reality is that as much as that makes sense to you or I on the surface level, it's not true. People don't come out of movies like Civil War and rush over to the comic book store. Now, some some comic book owners will say that they have seen some people, a small uptick in people interested in those characters and concepts, but it's it's negligible. It has barely any effect on their business whatsoever. And that's where I don't I don't understand the mentality of trying to reboot and refresh to change them to fit a certain popular media thing because they are not. And DC knows. DC can, I mean, the, the comic book store owners know. The people who shop there know. I know, and I'm not even part of a comic book shop. We all know if you've kind of actually been actually paying attention to it, not just hearing, you know, thinking, oh, that makes sense, so that must be true. If you've actually been paying attention, you know that people don't come out of the theaters and try and go and seek out the source material. They're just waiting for the next movie or the next TV show. They don't care about the books. They don't go by them. So if, if we all know that, surely a company like DC does. So why are they doing it? That's the question. Why would they be doing it if they know that people aren't going to come out of Batman vs. Superman or Suicide Squad and want to go buy the books? If that's the case, then I can understand fan outrage by getting pissed off at this kind of stuff. Because if you know that, then you know DC is doing this and is going to fail. Now, I'm not saying they will. I'm saying I'm 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 speaking this uh, of this as if I'm you know I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm I'm mentally putting myself on this side of the argument, and and kind of hypothetically going from there, but. What I'm saying is, if you know this, 
DC is pro- your thinking is DC is going to fail in this, and you're mad because clearly to you that means DC doesn't care about you. DC is doing this, trying to get more people out of the theaters and into the comic book stores to purchase the books that they're putting out or online digitally. They're doing this to make more money, but it's not going to work. The money they get from the relaunch comes from speculator market, and the speculator market has been there since the 80s and the 90s. When you relaunch with number ones, people buy number ones. That's not something new to the modern age. Anytime there's a new number one throughout the history of comic books, people buy number ones. That's why your relaunches get a bunch of big numbers, because of the number ones. It has nothing to do with the content of those books. Now, once in a while, something spectacular like Spider-Gwen comes into our midst, and all of a sudden, the freaking world blows up. It was only like a year or two that Spider-Gwen came out, and there's already merchandise fucking everywhere. But that's few and far between. And it, it, it it's and that's a that's a to be honest, something like Spider-Gwen is the is the product of creators doing what they want to do and telling the stories they want to tell. It has nothing to do with relaunches and number ones. So the bump in sales they're gonna get has to do with number ones. It has nothing to do. Nothing to do with tying it in to Flash, Arrow, Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, or whatever. Realistically, it has nothing to do with that. So if DC knows it, and they're just relaunching, then why why are they doing it other than to make more money on number ones? So if 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 they know that if they instinctually, and this is just where my mind is going, I, you can argue with me all you want. Again, I don't necessarily feel like this. I mean, I kind of see both sides of the argument. But if DC knows that the whole point of a relaunch is to put out number ones and get that number one bump and get the new readers on or whatever, then why change it to match your media universe? If your market, the ones that are going to be consistently buying titles, are the people already buying titles, why wouldn't you relaunch with number ones because you want the bump of number ones, and that's, hell, that's what Marvel's been doing ever since Secret Wars ended, and before Secret Wars started. <clears throat> if you know that you're going to get a sales bump off number ones, why not relaunch, but tie it into the stuff your fan base wants to see? Because if there is no crossover or a negligible crossover between those who go see the movies in, in the general public and those who shop at the comic stores then the people who are going to be paying your paychecks on the si- on the comic side of DC Entertainment are the people who have been there all along. So why not relaunch with stuff they want to see? I don't understand why you would try and tie it into the media when you know the crossover is not there. It's, it doesn't go two we- it doesn't go two ways. The people who read the comics are going to go see the movies. That's a fact. A big percentage of the comic fans are going to go see the movies and watch the TV shows. It doesn't work the other way around. As much as we all want it to, and as much as geeks and geek culture has become so ingrained in our culture that every other TV show and every other movie is a geek-related movie or TV show, 
they don't come out of the theaters or leave their homes after the, the latest episode of The Flash and they go, oh shit, Gorilla Grodd? A telepathic gorilla? Dude, I gotta see where that came from. No, they just wait for the next episode and hope Gorilla Grodd shows up again. They don't go to the comic book store. Everybody knows that. So I just, I don't understand. I mean, I understand the relaunch. It pisses me off just because I'm a comic fan. and I'm just like, seriously, DC, again? But when I think about it, I'm not mad at the relaunch. I'm mad at, supposedly, because Bleeding Cool kind of hinted at it, didn't outright say it. If it's true that they're going to go more media-based interpretations, I don't understand why. They're really logistically, re- in reality, is no reason for them to do it because there's no crossover there. That's that's why I don't really – there might be some elements to make it more un- – or maybe there will be a particular book. You know, maybe there will be a book that tries to make it more – that maybe directly ties into some of the stuff we're seeing more in the movies or the TV. They could be – I, that's why other than that, I don't really believe this is why they're doing what they're doing for many of the reasons you're saying. It doesn't make any sense. It's also kind of like putting lipstick on a pig too because we're having the same – because it's not really fixing the problems or the issues people do have with the new 52. It's just trying to sugarcoat them by making the, make people think things are all – it's all going to be different because they're all number one issues and then you go back and you're like, eh. That's why – Again, that's why it would be surprising that a lot of the books that are not doing particularly well or are not getting a lot of critical acclaim don't change creative teams. Uh, Sinestro, see, Sinestro, I think Sinestro, it all depends. Sinestro, we've always kind of thought that there's a plan to Sinestro, not just what we're seeing in the pages, but there's a real reason Sinestro has his book and it's taking us to a certain place. And then we probably, I think most of us have been on board thinking, and that's probably when the book is going to go away. It's going to accomplish something to get us to a point. Then we, the story is probably going to be, going to be picked up on, you know, with Green Lantern or Green Lantern core or something else. So if the story isn't complete before the re- before the reboot, relaunch slash reboot whatever it turns out to be then maybe Sinestro will survive or maybe again it'll be it'll be wrapped into something else I don't know but I think for like I would be I would be stunned and we kind of even in the last the last episode we recorded we kind of talked about how Billy Tan has been disappearing more and more from Green Lantern Robert Venditti's still been there but Billy Tan has hardly been the regular artist on Green Lantern probably for like for the better part of six issues now including the ones that are coming out so it seemed like a change in part of the creative team was going to happen or had already happened without it being really announced. I would be really surprised if Robert Venditti were still, were still writing that book uh, just because, as we've talked about before, it has nothing to do with the fact that we don't like him personally. It has nothing to do with the fact that we don't like some of the stories that he's telling or even the, some of the stories that we aren't particularly over – you know, not enthralled with that we, there are still parts of it that we like. It's just the fact that Green Lantern needs something because Green Lantern is Green Lantern is probably getting closer to where it was at the end of the Kyle Rayner run, certainly than it was during the Jeff Johns run. At any point during the Jeff Johns run, you know that book was still, I think, a top twenty book or something when before Jeff Johns left. So the rea- so the reality is Green Lantern alone needs some kind of invigoration, and I think the New Fifty Two needs some kind of invigoration. Whatever whatever bump that it got from the from the very super hasty Flashpoint. You know, trigger point use as the uh, the creation of a new universe. Uh, 
that's kind of faded away now. And you, now you you have a lot of books that pe- with different takes on characters. And yeah, you can understand trying to do a different take on a character, and tr- especially when things aren't going particularly well, because it's almost like you have nothing to lose. But you know, as you know, Chad is we both actually mentioned, but Chad's been more of a proponent of it, talking, bringing up how you know the new Fifty Two Superman is not really you know it's, har- it's hardly the most likable version of Superman mm-hmm. that we've ever gotten. He's not know? the he's not the Boy Scout raised by. Mm-hmm. And that it, 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 just it's a quick tangent and let you get back to okay. it. That's one of my favorite things about Smallville. Smallville, for all its faults, had a damn near flawless portrayal of Jonathan Kent. Like, when you see John Snyder play Jonathan Kent in Smallville, me personally, I watched that and went, yeah, the son raised by that man could become the Superman I know. You know, like that's... But when you when you... To be fair, I'm not reading a, a whole lot of the Superman stuff. But every time I see the new Superman, the new 52 version of Superman, there's something in there where he's got an attitude or he's pissy or he's cocky or, I mean, whatever. And I'm just like, this isn't my Boy Scout. This isn't the Boy Scout. Like, for as, as, as much as people made fun of that version of Superman, he was still like the hopeful, hardened soul of the DC universe. I mean, that's why DC used him in ads and stuff where, like, you know, don't pick on little Jimmy or, you know, whatever it was. Superman, you know, Superman was the Christopher Reeve Superman. You know, he stopped the, 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 the big crazy stuff, but he also, you know, snagged the cat from the tree. You know, and I just don't see – that's that's a big problem with I have with the DC universe is Superman, as it stands right now, Superman, your mainstay character – the, the one that started it all for you and the characterization that, that I mean, do you really think, do you really think that it was just the way he looked that made his symbol the second most recognized symbol on the planet? No, it was what Superman stood for. And by and large, he doesn't stand for that anymore when you read the pages of the comic. And that's part of what bothers me about DC. The heart, the you put that deal on the, down and go, damn, I want to be a hero. Like, I mean, and it's not like I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say. There's a lot of things going wrong with DC that I want to see. I mean, when I pick up a back issue of DC, God, man, those are so such good comics. Whether it's DC Comics Presents or whether it's you know. To hype something coming down the line for me, Action Comics Weekly. To I mean, I mean, whatever those random stories you would pick up from a back issue bin and just go, "Wow, that was a good issue." It wasn't just because the action was cool or the art was cool. It told a good story and characterized somebody really, really well. And that's it's not there anymore. I it, I'm not somebody who's just like a new Fifty Two hater and just like, hey. You know, screw the new 52. I don't like the new costume designs. It's all too dark and all the. There's so much that goes into my dislike of the general direction. There are good comics in the new 52. There have been. You've heard me and Mark talk about them. And there are other ones out there outside of the Lantern titles that I think are really, really good. But overall, the DC experience is not what it used to be. And that that bothers me. And that bothers me greatly. 
So that's why when I when I think about you know the the point of view that you know hey you're you're supposedly changing your you're relaunching and you're going to do the emphasis on the on the 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 more media driven stuff, but you know there's not the crossover there. So why are you doing it? Like this is your opportunity to support the fans who have been supporting you all these years to bring the people who. You know, you got you got a bump off the New 52. I'm not stupid. I'm not going to deny that DC got a bump off the New 52 and brought a bunch of new people in. But did you keep those readers? You're relaunching again. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You got a small bump and off your number ones and the whole new line and DC was doing something crazy again just like they did after Crisis and Speculator Market. You got a small bump and then the sales started fizzling out so you canceled and relaunched and canceled and relaunched and canceled and relaunched a bunch of different titles. And now what are you doing? Five years later, you're relaunching the whole damn thing again. Why? Because the people you got from the New 52 aren't there. And maybe it's even lower than it was before the New 52, because when the New 52 happened, a bunch of longtime DC fans were like, fuck this, I'm out. So, if you want those people back, do you think a relaunch, tying it into stuff that you don't even know if those people are going to like in the first place, is your best bet? I mean... <laughs> Part of it was cool. You got the convergence out of it, and you know, as much as you can, you can, you can laugh at convergence. And I, suddenly, I'm, I'm finding myself going on a rant again. Feel free, <laughs> rant away. As, as much as you, as, as people can criticize convergence, the individual titles, and, and all of this stuff, and even the overall event itself. What did convergence do? DC did this event, and they brought back the multiverse. And a bunch of titles were like Plastic Man and the Freedom Fighters and the freaking Bwahaha JLA like, and the, the, the Flash that you miss and, and the, the original JSA and all of this stuff. And like forgetting the quality of those individual two issues per each of those little series is, on concept alone, I was excited for DC again. And reading the, the, the Convergence issues, the, the main series, it was really fucking confusing towards the end. Like, what was actually happening between Brainiac and Telos, and how it was all happening, and who did what. But I came out of it, and I went, the multiverse is back. That was my takeaway. And when you told me who the creative teams, fucking Lynn Wein on Swamp Thing. By the way, guys, Lynn Wein's back on Swamp Thing right now. He's doing a six-issue limited run on Swamp Thing. Go fucking buy it. There's there's my plug right now that there are new th there are great things happening in DC right now. Len Wein on Swamp Thing. Go get it. And what was it? Greg Rucka on Question and like all of these things. Like forgetting the quality of the actual issues themselves. I looked at DC's lineup when I flipped through previews and I went, "Holy shit! This is gonna be awesome." The execution might not have been there, but the premise was, holy fuck. I was excited for DC again, and I hadn't been that way since the New 52. And I, I don't know 
I, I, I just – and if you want to write in, if you want to email, if you want to leave us a voicemail, if you have more experience in the industry and you want to tell me that – you know, it, there actually is a bump from, you know, the, the movies and the TV shows and explain it to me in a way I can understand and, and back it up with facts or, or whatever you want to do. Maybe there's a point I'm not seeing. Maybe I'm just, you know, I, you know, maybe my maybe my era of comics is done, which is really sad considering I started reading at the final crisis, Rage of the One Shot, Rage of the Red Lanterns one shot special. So basically, as long as this podcast has been on the air, that's as long as I've been reading comics and already my era of comics is gone. It, maybe, maybe, maybe it's never going to come back. Time for us to hang it up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I just, I, I don't understand. I don't understand that if, and that's the core premise of the whole thing. If the crossover's not there, if those people aren't coming out of the theater, if they aren't shutting off their TV and then going you know, on Tuesday night and going into the shop on Wednesday morning, why are you doing it? You're doing it for the number ones. So just do number ones, but give your fans what they want. Stop having editorial direct everything. Stop trying to push the characterization towards the more movie version, the more TV version. As much as we love Flash and Arrow, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be good on TV or be good in the comics. So you read a comic book and you look at it and you go, you know, in my mind, this would make a good comic, uh, a good TV show. But the reality is, the execution of it, 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 you know, it, it just wouldn't translate as well. The opposite is also true. Just because it works well on a TV show or in a movie doesn't mean it translates also well into a comic book. So I just, I don't, I, I, I don't get it. When the New 52 happened, it was like... These are the versions of the characters we're going to tell. We're going to do this. The characters are going to be like this. We're going to have some sort of cohesion. They're all going to be the sort of same type of character. It's going to be you know easily to, to tell the Superman. It's all it's all of this. It's all of whatever the definition of these characters these characters were. And then editorial got even hev- even more heavily involved to make it all. It's a whole thing. I mean, some of the best t- stories ever told in comics were when the writers went off the rail and tried to sneak something in past the editor. After Crisis, perfect example, and I've heard this mentioned on several other podcasts. Mark, I don't know if you ever read this issue. It might have been a DC Comics Presents. It, it was something. There was an issue after Crisis where Dead Man is, is off doing something, uh, and I, I don't remember what he was doing specifically. I haven't read it in a long time. And at the end of it, there's this woman kind of you know, dead, dead man's asking, you know, why do, why do we do what we do? And this woman, this blonde-haired woman in civilian garb, talks to dead man. He's like, you can see me? And she says, yeah, it doesn't matter. And, you know, and, and then he goes, well, why did we do it? And we said, and she said, we do it, you know, because nobody else can because that's what we're here to do because it's the right thing. You know, whatever it is she says. And he goes, oh, who, who, who are you? And she goes, my name is Kara. Not that you'd remember. Kara was dead in the crisis. Supergirl never happened after the end of the crisis. She never existed. You weren't supposed to mention certain characters or things in DC after the, after the crisis. But they mentioned Kara. And it was just like, and that story gets talked about ad nauseum to this day. 
when you get a chance to just play in this universe and build and tell an epic story and just let your creative mind go insane, you get things like Sandman. You get things like Starman, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. I mean, you get stuff where, you know, Swamp Thing was a nothing. Nobody gave a shit about Swamp Thing. And then Alan Moore comes on. And it becomes one of the greatest stories in comic book history. Green Lantern fails in the 60s. It got real campy, real crazy. Julie Schwartz goes, Green Lantern's dying. Hey, Denny. Hey, Neil. Save it. Do whatever the fuck you want. Green Lantern, Green Arrow. Breaks the damn comics code. Like... Comic book history, ever since I got into it about a year or two ago, comic book history is full, full of instances where restrictions happen and then everything crumbles to shit and people go, you know what, just fucking take it and run. And it becomes the greatest story told in comic books to that date. It is full of those instances. And I don't understand why we can't just look at what ha is happening in modern comics right now and go, you know what? We get a bump off number ones, but fundamentally, it's not working. So it's a gamble. But let's try this instead. I get that it's a multi-million dollar corporation. I get that these characters are worth, as, as Ron Mars said in our interview with him several episodes back, that these characters are worth literally billions of dollars. But the people who read the, who watch the TV shows, who read the, uh, watch the movies, who play the video games, aren't coming into the store to buy the comics. So why can't we separate those two worlds? Isn't it enough that they look the same? If, if someone's going to come out of the movie theater and go into the comic book store and pick up a comic off the shelf, are they going to sit there and read the comic before they buy it? Or are they going to look at the comic book cover and go, S-Shield, blue costume, red cape, yep, that's Superman, let me grab that. So why not tell the story the fans want? The people who've been supporting you all of these years. Like I and I just keep I keep rambling. I told the story a long time ago about how one of the things that used to drive me crazy was when my dad would give me a lecture and he'd make the same point four or five different times in a lecture and I'd go, Dad, I get it, shut up. I'm starting to do that now. I like shut up, Dad. <laughs> it drives me up a wall. I know I'm doing it as I'm talking, but I, and I hate it, but I do it anyway. So I'm going to shut up now. I'm assuming you guys get my point. There's not much more I can say that's going to make you understand what I've said if I say it a billion more different ways. It's it. I've said it. It's out there. I don't. I don't understand. And just it's, in case it's, you didn't get it. Go it, ahead, Chad, one more time. And it's it, it, it's it's just crazy because. Because I am, I am literally of two minds about it. Everything I just said, I believe fully, and it and it hurts me as a comic book fan who wants those fun stories and and all of this stuff, and and it, it drives me up a wall mentally. But I also and am, am, am being a hundred percent sincere and honest when I say that within the new Fifty Two, within everything that's happened since then, there are good stories. 
We talked about Sewell on, on, on Red Lanterns. I mean, that book started off so shitty. Guy Gardner went to become a, a Red Lantern and grew, grew a porn stash and all, this, and all this stuff. And on surface value, that should have been shit. But it was really good. You know, there's, there's, there's a bunch of stuff in there that we wouldn't have gotten without the New 52 that was quality storytelling. The bump that's, I mean, I've got on my bookshelf over here, and excuse me if my voice just kind of cut out and went, you know, louder and then lower because I'm looking behind me and not facing the mic. But on my bookshelf right now, there are four, there are five or six hardcovers of of Scott Snyder's Batman. Because when the when the Court of Owls shit happened, that was so cool. That was so good. That was great comics. But I mean. Wasn't that more because DC was like, oh, Scott, you're doing really good with Batman right now, pre-New 52. You're doing really good with Batman right now. It's one of our top sellers. Uh, this New 52 thing is happening. Just don't change. Don't worry about it. Don't change anything. Just go, go flat out. Everybody seems to be loving what you're doing. Just go with it. Carte blanche, bro. Just go ahead. They said the same thing to Jeff Jones. Jeff, you've been doing Green Lantern forever. People love it. They've been reading it for years. Numbers dip here and there, but it's by and large pretty consistent. It's one of our top sellers. Don't worry about it. You do your thing. Like, <laughs> do you not see what you're doing when, when, you're, when, you're, when your comics do something great? And you're like, oh shit, this did well. We're, uh, we're going to go with this. I, I texted Mark the other day when I was watching Bad uh, Bad Blood, the new DC animated feature. And this isn't really – it's a spoiler but not really a spoiler. If you don't want to know, fast forward five seconds. In, in, in Bad Blood, at the very, very end, it's, it's, a, it's a Batwing is introduced. Batwoman is in there. Uh, Nightwing becomes Batman, takes on the Batwing co- – the Batman costume. Bruce Wayne, Batman's in it and Damian Wayne's in it. But at the very end, she doesn't say anything. But Batgirl steps up from behind like a water tower on the top of a roof in Gotham. And she's wearing the new Batgirl costume. The one with like the cape is like a button on a purple leather vest or whatever the F it is that's super popular right now. DC saw that and they went, oh shit, people love Batgirl. And you know what? It became a trope in DC recently. People are calling the, the, the DCU titles that are doing the cutesy stuff the, quote, Batgirling of DC. Why? Because they did it in Batgirl. They changed the costume, and everybody was like, awesome. And DC went, whoa, that worked. Let's do that. <laughs> Why aren't you seeing what, what works and going, also, hey, that worked. Why aren't you looking back in your past and going, oh, Every time something fucking epic happened in our lineup, it was because they had carte blanche to do what they wanted. I mean, they still had rules. You couldn't have Batman, like, go off on an interdimensional, you know, space romp and never face Joker or Penguin again and just do stuff on another planet in another dimension. Like, Batman, go to Clark. Like, <laughs> the whole reason we got the, the whole Denny O'Neill Batman Bible is because 
Batman was going, oh, we're going to give him a rainbow <laughs> outfit. Oh, they're going to do this, and Superman's going to eat a whole bunch of burgers. In a, in a, <laughs> that's seriously a cover to Action Comics, guys, or a Superman comic cover. Seriously, go look it up. There's one where Bat Superman is literally sitting there with a mountain of burgers in front of him, shoving them in his face. I had that issue. That's, that's Action Comics, right? I think it's, I'm I think pretty it's sure. Comics. So, like, there, those stories exist, and it's the reason you get campy stuff like the 66 Adam West Batman and stuff. Because at the time, it was campy and crazy. But that's why it went crazy, and people were like, well, we got to rein this in a, just, just a little bit and go, okay, we're going to bring Hal back down to Earth. But uh, here, have fun with this. You have a couple of rules... But go crazy outside of that. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say anymore. I just, it's clear I am passionate about DC and their characters. I love them. I have just got through talking with people on, on Facebook and trying to sell these Marvel Fireside books I have. Those old ones from the 70s, the um, uh, uh, Origins of Marvel Comics, Son of Origins, uh, Bring on the Bad Guys, and the Super Women or Super Females of, of Marvel, those old Fireside books. I've got all four of them. Had them for years. Never read them once. And I'm into comics history. But I'm not a Marvel guy. I mean, as much as I like their characters and I know a lot about some of them and I have like a top five favorite Marvel characters and all that, I, outside of really that stuff, I just, I, it's not that I don't care. It's just I'm not really interested in that side of the comic superhero stuff. Not as much as DC. And it's just, I'm super passionate about DC and I just, Ever since I got into comics history, I, I see these patterns, and I just don't understand why you can't learn from the past. And I get that the market changes, and I get that back then these characters weren't on the silver screen and weren't on every TV in America. But as I said, the crossover's not there. So fundamentally, really, if you think about it, Despite the fact that they're on the silver screen in every TV in America, on the comic side of things, nothing's changed. So why are we acting like it should? I don't know. That's partially why I do. I like I said, I don't. I don't. There has to be more. I, yeah, maybe it's the optimist to me, but there has to be. There has to be more to the relaunch than just oh, we want to come up with new number ones and it's tied in. Especially if you're trying to tie it a lot in. Or a great deal into the movie universe because who knows how successful that that's going to be, popular wise. We know Batman versus Superman is going to make a ton of money when it when it first opens. We know that doesn't mean people are going to love it. People didn't love Man of Steel. People certainly didn't like the the Superman that we got, partially because of as you talked about <laughs> the difference between like John Schneider's uh, <laughs> Pa Kent versus Kevin Costner's. I mean, it's like come on, talk about night and day. Uh, so there's no guarantee that, pe that people are gonna, people are even gonna be huge fans of what uh, of the characters as they as they're introduced in the movie universe. But uh, the TV universe, yeah. But like I said, I I I again, maybe it's the eternal optimist in me, but I think that that might only be a small part of what they're going to do, and maybe there'll be some specific books geared towards that in particular. But I don't think they'd be doing the whole relaunch and be and. If it was just about that, I'm really hoping 
that it's going to be more that they're going to try to refocus and just they've reevaluated, refocused, and then relaunched the DC universe in their books as a whole to try to get it to get it closer to what honestly what it was bef- at least before the New Fifty Two because the New Fifty Two was essentially for the I think the New Fifty Two was an unnecessarily unnecessary relaunch. I don't think there was anything crying out for the kind of relaunch that they did. And I still don't know. And I still don't know how much of it was they that it flat. I still don't know deep down whether Flashpoint from the initial conception was going to be the trigger point to do a new universe, or they just figured out, hey, based on the story we're telling, if we want to relaunch and do a new universe, this can actually work pretty easily. But either way, I mean, Flashpoint wasn't. I didn't like Flashpoint as a story. I didn't like the universe that came out of Flashpoint particularly. Well, so, and it's. I don't know. I think it's one of the least successful overall, one of the least successful reboots that they've done. I mean, even sometimes, yes, they've been subtle. Some of them have had smaller goals, like Zero Hour had a much smaller goal about refining things, but still. Fix Hawkman. <laughs> yeah, Hawkman was one of the Hawkman was one of the huge ones based on the image alone when you see all those different Hawkmans merging into one. But yeah, but there's some things in Zero Hour that they felt Zero Hour was kind of like um, like an uh, you know an appendix or an epilogue to Crisis because of the fact that there were some things that still didn't quite mesh after Crisis and they were hoping Zero Hour was, was gonna you know was gonna make it all better. But I don't think the New Fifty Two launch was it. It certainly wasn't well thought out and it wasn't particularly well done. There was a lot of hype to it and it worked and it did work financially off the you know off the top and at least they were bright enough. To, and again, bright enough from the point of view that they didn't want to rock the boat with what was working, that they said, hey, your Batman stuff, your Green Lantern stuff, your stuff's doing really, really well. Don't, we're not going to, we're not going to fuck with that. You do what you want to do, you know. And then, but then you end up with, then you end up with your great continuity questions that, oh, yes, this happened. This event, this major event happened. Then later, well, we don't know if it happened. Okay, no, it didn't happen. Coast City was never destroyed, but how Jordan became Parallax. That's a big friggin' discrepancy, because there's no logical reason for Hal to become Parallax, slash, it will be a, could be a really interesting story to see how Hal became Parallax and why in the New 52, if Coast City was never destroyed. But they just throw stuff against the wall, and we're waiting, and whatever stuck, stuck, and whatever fell, they just kind of pushed it, along, pushed it out of the way. So hopefully whatever they're doing here, especially if Jeff Johns has a big hand or the only hand behind it, hopefully it'll be more streamlined. And hopefully, at least if they're going to be retconning, which we know of Johns is involved in, there almost have to, has to be, or have to be some versions of retconning. At least maybe we'll get more like he did in, appropriate enough, Rebirth, in which the stuff that he did made sense. You know, adding adding layers to stuff you already saw and going, okay, we didn't see that, but it was possible because you're not telling, you're not showing us something that completely contradicts what we've what we've seen before. So that's what I, that's what I'm hoping for. Yes, it'd be nice if it would tie into convergence somehow. Who knows? Maybe I know you know Jim kind of talked about thinking that maybe you know the how you know the you know the convergence parallax aspect might might factor into this somehow. I don't know. I depend. I don't know what I don't know what they're gonna do. May, we'll have a better idea. You know, if, if any direct relation to Telos and Parallax might be doable and to whatever rebirth is going to be once we get the next few issues of well, apparently the final issues of Telos since there's no issues solicited for the uh, for what, what was it April is that the next next solicits were for April that just came out I think and that uh, but after to after the, the Coast City cover with Telos that there isn't one for the next month listed and we you know Par- the Parallax story ends in Green Lantern 50 so maybe 
we'll see what happens. Maybe they will be opening the door for something that could tie into those these characters having a role in the in the rebirth of the DC universe. I'm not sure. I just hope whatever it is, I hope it I mean convergence as you mentioned, convergence they were they were there were hiccups in convergence. The you know, there's only like a few really good issues in the actual main miniseries, and I think it does pick up steam at the end. The villains were kind of lame. Uh, it actually was cooler when Telos was the villain. When when, when Telos when 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 Telos and Bra- wasn't the villain and Brainiac wasn't the villain, then it wasn't near. You know, I don't know. I thought they would have been better villains, but the story was okay as it as it fleshed out. Some of the minis were in, most of the minis that certainly I think that we read were enjoyable despite continuity flaws and the fact that Convergence actually did something which people didn't think was going to do everybody thought as we've discussed before Convergence was going to be nothing more than basically an, a, an event in quotes only to just to, you know, to just fill the gap why DC moved from the east coast to the west coast that it wasn't going to have any real ramifications at all, it was going to be a throwaway event but it was just kind of like a gap filler and as it turned out it was the complete opposite even though only now in the last like six months or three to six months, we've seen some trickle-down effects from post-convergence of some of the characters in Convergence. Not really a whole lot of visiting the universes that were reestablished in Convergence, but we have seen some of the characters from Convergence start showing up in you know in their own books and other books. So we've started to see the trickle-down effect. But Convergence had a long-lasting effect, or seemingly, or it should, because they re- reestablished the multiverse as it existed before the crisis. So, I don't know. I think there's hope. I think there's I think there's hope for DC. I think Convergence certainly will even if that's why I like to see Convergence tie into what Rebirth is going to be because I think Convergence was a good first step. It obviously wasn't a final step, but it was a good first step to maybe revamping the universe. Yes, they could have done the ending of Convergence better if they really wanted to wipe out the new 52. They could have done it in Convergence if they really wanted to, kind of, sort of. Uh, at least for the worlds that we're focusing on, or just have books like Chad and I've talked about it. Just have books that take regular books in the new, basically in the in the DC slate of books that take place in different in different universes and and then different Earths on different times too. So you could have had a Alan Scott Justice Society taking taking place in that time period on that respective Earth, not the whole. Oh, we can't do it because it's evolved. You know th- that world has now evolved and caught up in time, and it's not like the end. As being fair, it's not like they've never said they can't go back and revisit those time periods. They just made a point of making it clear that these Earths all exist. They just don't necessarily exist anymore the way you remembered them because now they've been recreated or they never were destroyed and they've naturally evolved. So some of the things you remember have moved, you know, they've moved on to the next level. I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's, there's going to be something of consequence to it and it's going to be good. If they just do a half-ass relaunch where it's all new number one issues, they change a few creative teams, they don't change a whole lot of status quo and in, 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 across the board, and they just give you more Batman books, more Superman books, and tie it all into the cinematic universe or the movie, you know, the TV universe, then I'm going to be pretty disappointed. And I think a lot of people will be disappointed, like you mentioned. So what after after a while, what's the point? And it's like. You would think at some point also, you would think honestly, and, and I don't have the, a, the big issue with Dan DiDio that a lot of, a lot of I think, comic fans seemingly have. Uh, maybe it's because he's championed Johns for so long, and for the most part, Johns has really, I think, done well by us as far as like Green Lantern and, and that part of the, the DC universe. And even big event-wise, I think he's done well. 
But you'd have to think at some point, talk about you know some of the creative teams on certain books having to pay the Piper. You would think Dan DiDio at some point is going to have to pay the Piper soon if if they keep having all these events and these relaunches and these this re, and these reestablishments of the DC universe, for, and they just none of them tend to work. And they just and they tend to, especially if they tend to be if the reaction to this relaunch is worse than the you know after the initial you know the initial you know whiff of success wore off that even worse than the reaction people have to the new 52 if the rebirth relaunch ends up in that you know follows the same vein or ends up i don't know i just hope that i'm cautiously optimistic i'm sure we're going to have more and more of this information i don't think it'll take take too long before we start getting some because this is supposed to take place in august right uh Wasn't it, i think i think it was august they mentioned it i thought i saw that, june was it june I thought I th- you could be right. I thought I th- I thought that they from the bleeding cool article. Well, we probably can figure it out when the when the fifth when the when the fifty two. And it seems is- like it's time to do the new fifty two relaunch all over again in June. Okay, which actually makes sense based on the fact that they're trying to wrap it up with issue fifty two. Well, wait, hold on a sec. So we just did December books in the episode. These guys are going to hear in the next day or two as they hear this. So what 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 issue of Green Lantern was that? That we just covered? That, that was 47. 47, so December so 48, 47. 48, 48, 48, 48 June, January. January. February is 49. Uh, March is 50. April is 51. May is 52. And then so June, June is all new number yes. ones. The problem is that doesn't leave a whole lot of room for any explanation of why there's new number ones. Well, yeah. Well, to be fair... Maybe that maybe again, depending how accurate the whole bleed, every detail of the bleeding cool thing is. Maybe that just maybe the beginning of the relaunch, as far as if there's a if we assume rebirth is going to be a mini series or something. Maybe that takes place in maybe that takes place in June, but maybe the actual number ones don't launch till it's done, or toward the end of June. Maybe it's a maybe it's a maybe it's a, like a four. Who knows? Maybe it's only like a. So logically, knowing the way the companies work, it probably won't be just a four-issue mini. But who knows? Maybe they're just the, the beginning of that process takes place in June. Because typically so, there's an event to explain why. Yes. So I, I would assume that the number ones are not going to launch in June unless it's a really short event. And then at the end of June, you could launch the number ones as the event ends. So we'll see. But either way, I think we're going to start getting – we'll start getting more details about the fact that they already had that logo ready to go. And instead of trying to play games and deny that you know that's not accurate or the article's inaccurate, they pretty much just relatively quickly said, "Yeah, he kind of like, oh, you caught us," and they kind of like re- you know re- revealed the you know the, the logo and everything. So we'll know by the end of March. Pro- yeah, yeah, because because that's when the solicits for June. Yeah, will the show. solicits will be coming. The solicits will be coming out soon because we've already had we've already had solicits for fifty one. Mm-hmm. We've had we've had solicits for the first issue of Green Lantern after the Parallax story ends. The, the gray agents, woohoo! But yeah, we've gotten, but so, which is also weird too, because the gray agents seemed like they were going to be a bigger. Again, they seemed like they were going to be a bigger storyline, and it seems like they can't be now if they're going to wrap it up by issue fifty-two. <laughs> I don't know, but we'll see. Wait, we'll know by the end of February, or we'll know by the one of the two. We'll know by the end of uh, February. We'll know by the end of March. One of those two. Yeah. Yeah, because I think the solic- I think the solicits that just came out. Or for the eight, yeah, that would make the solicits that came out in ju- right well, now. We'll, in we'll, January, we'll, we'll, we'll know by the end of February because at the end of February the March previews will come out. So that's that's right. when we'll know. 
Yeah, yeah, because I was just going to say this, the 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 solicits we just saw in the last couple in the last week or so, which came out in January, were for April. Mm-hmm. So by the end of by the end of by the end of February, we'll be getting the we'll be getting the pre, we'll be getting the solicits for what's going to come out in May. So if the, so the so if the fifty twos are going to be the fifty twos are going to be the wrap up issue of all these series, they probably will be announcing it by when the when the solicits come out. Right. So by the end of February, we'll know they'll be ending, and then obviously, yes, in March, we'll know what the hell the June slate is going to look like. I don't know. I it does get old, even though it's been it's been a it's been a while since they since they redid this. I mean, obviously, you know, fifty two issues worth of stuff. Now it seems like it wasn't that long ago, but I don't know. I gotta stop saying I don't know. I just wish they would. I really want this one to be more successful. I hope. That they put more thought into this, maybe again, hope, hoping, maybe, maybe convergence was a step, maybe it was a planned step in getting us to where we needed to go. Maybe, maybe there's some elements of even the dark side war and things like that. All these different things. Maybe they've actually been planning this for a while, and there's actually some real f- organization <laughs> behind it and what they want to do and what they want to accomplish. At least breaking, maybe, maybe even breaking it down into groups, like certain books again. Maybe now more like the Justice League books and the Batman books, and maybe I don't know about Superman because I don't know how how popular this is. I mean, critically, the Superman books really are. But the ones that are more successful, maybe they're going to try to tweak, but again, not necessarily completely throw the baby out with the bathwater. But then focus on the books in the part of the DC universe that doesn't work, and yet try to actually come up with some kind of cohesion to make it one universe. And if they're not going to do that, then then, then, give, then give us stories that take place in different universes. Give us a line that takes place on, you know, Earth Two. Give or in the, back in the pre fifty, the pre New Fifty Two, the pre Flashpoint, stuff like that. I don't know. I just I want I want something to be interesting overall for DC, and I want Green Lantern to be, you know, something to look forward to again. I don't want necessarily every. Now there are things that have happened in the post John's era that I think we're both unhappy with. You know, we can knit. We're not not always the same things, but there are things that we you know don't necessarily like that they've done or they haven't done. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that I want every single thing that was established in let's say in under the Venditti era, if you will, thrown out. Mm-hmm. I don't. You can work around it. You don't need to throw stuff out to, to to undo stuff. You don't need to throw it all out. Right. You need to. You don't need to pretend it didn't happen to undo it. I mean, that's kind of the lazy way to do stuff. It's 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 more creative to. Say that it happened. Say you saw this, and then come up with a re- like, like we always go back to the uh, the emotional spec, the reservoir. That there's tons of way to explain why that concept isn't quite what everybody thought it was, why it doesn't really run out, or why it was being drained, but why that's not a natural occurrence. That's easy enough. I mean, I like Relic. I would like. I don't want. Well, I wouldn't want Relic to be like wiped off, wiped out of D, you know DC history, things like that. So, we'll see. Yeah, I guess that's it. That's all we can say is really we'll see. So um, you want to close this out real quick? I will close this out real quick. So if you would like to contact us, the email, lanterncast at gmail.com, lanterncast at gmail.com. Visit our website, lanterncast.com, and you'll get to see our blog posts in which we both did a tag team today regarding uh, – as, as the day we're recording this, a tag team regarding uh, – a tag team – blogging about the launching of the of rebirth and the new 
DC Universe, whatever it may hold. Uh, our Ring Cyclopedia episodes are there. Our episode posts are there. Dark Star reviews. Got a lot of good stuff. People check it out. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and like us on Facebook. Use hashtag GLCast to find us on any of those. We're on iTunes and Stitcher, and please leave us positive reviews on either or both. If you listen to us on either or both platform, please leave us those positive reviews as we read or we will be reading <laughs> in an episode we just recorded. Uh, last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, 708-LANTERN. 708-LANTERN, and let us know what you think. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.